Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. Today, we'll discuss Lady Gaga's Gypsy Palace, the interior design rules experts say you should never break, and a dome home that's seriously nuts. Plus, a home from Chip and Joanna Gaines' past, and you'll never guess which city has the most annoying neighbors. All this and more, coming up. Welcome back to House Party. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And we are ready to talk more real estate and more pop culture with you. So So let's get the party started. Let's get the party started. (laughs) Am I really excited today? Yes, I am. Do you know why? Why is that? I'm excited because today is the day that I'm going to see A Star is Born. Much anticipated movie of this season. Much anticipated by... Yeah, I'd say of the year. I mean, I'm biased, so we don't need to sell you guys on the movie. If you're going to go see it, you're going to go see it. I surely am. But what we need to talk about is Lady Gaga's home. So she's owned this amazing uh, $22.5 million Malibu seaside home. Um, She calls it her Gypsy Palace. And we revisited it um, around this time, A, because you know, the hype of the movie, but B, because according to the Vogue article that uh, Gaga was profiled in this, she said that this uh, was the first place that she and Bradley met. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, basically the story goes, he saw her perform La Vie en Rose at a cancer benefit um, in Los Angeles. And he was just so enamored with her that he got in contact with her people and said, I, I'm doing this movie. I have to meet her. And he met her at her Malibu home. And, uh, apparently he floated the movie idea by her, said that he's directing and starring in it. And he knows that she was the one to play this part. And she, I don't know if she signed on right then and there, but, um, I guess they sang a duet. They sang, um, Midnight Special, which is, you know, the old folk song. And, she was like, Bradley, you have such an amazing voice. And so this home was kind of the uh, muse for it, perhaps. Perhaps the muse. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. It's like, yeah. I'm looking at the pictures now on realtor.com and they are stunning. It is very impressive. We have all the pictures up. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you think about it, Rachel? I mean, I would, I would move in. I would take it. I wouldn't be mad about that. Um, I am curious, though. Do you know why she calls it a gypsy palace? I, I don't know. Um, but it's it's kind of rustic, kind of boho. There's a lot of, like, worn wood. There's, like, wooden beams in the living area. I think it's just a quirky name that she probably came up with. And, um, I mean, it's interesting because... You know, beyond just the gorgeous rooms and the amazing view, there's also a bowling alley, Mm -hmm. uh, a two-lane bowling alley. There's um, a huge infinity pool with hot tub. There's also um, horse stables. I guess she has a horse. (laughs) just saw that with a dressage ring and everything. It is straight up. It's ready to go. Put your horses in and and ride. Yeah. It's Uh, like an eight-horse stable. So (laughs) So does Lady Gaga bowl? (laughs) 
I hope so. I think she does. You think she's pretty good? Uh, yes. She's like short, so she's low to the ground. She hasn't, she's not like lanky. <laughs> you know what? I can tell you from experience, that does not matter. <laughs> At 5'2", I am a horrible bowler. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I like the thought of Lady Gaga. Bowling. Bowling. Yeah. I know. I love that. Okay, so anyway, so we love this house. If you want to check out the photos, uh, go to realtor.com slash news to our news and insights um, homepage. Uh, or or you can search for Lady Gaga realtor.com, and I'm sure it'll come up. Um, it's a fantastic house. Yeah, and hopefully uh, you like the movie. I'll be interested to hear what you think about it. I'm going to uh, wait till you report back, and then I'll go see it. I'm sure I'm going to tell you guys all about it. <laughs> and Eric, you're going to see it too tonight, right? Uh, as far as I know, yes, I am going to go see it. Oh, don't act like you're being jacked there. Let's move on to another home. So we, we, and mainly Eric, but we on Realtor.com run across a lot of crazy looking houses. And mm. <laughs> Eric found this double dome home. We're calling it the double dome home. And uh, Eric, what's what's up with the double dome home? Well, let me clarify. I didn't find the geodesic home. It found me. It, it was our most popular home of the week. It, uh, you know, every week we take a look at the homes that get the most clicks on Realtor.com. The you know the listing page gets the most clicks, and mm-hmm. it, this week it happened to be this double geodesic dome home. I mean, usually we run into a home that has a backstory or is somehow visually interesting. You know, something that people would want to share, and that you know when we see a home that people like sharing you know, across Facebook, Twitter, and saying, holy, holy crap, friend, look at this house. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is one of those examples. Um, you know, uh, Rachel ended up writing about it. And, uh, you know, what did you think of this one? This home is bananas. Um, if you think the outside is crazy, and it is, double domes, I mean, what? And plus, it's in Evansville, Indiana, of all places. Right. If you think the outside is crazy, wait until you step inside. Yeah, um, it's pretty bonkers. I mean, they, they went, they kind of took that geodesic, you know, which is that kind of that half dome look, and kind of incorporated it through the decor. <laughs> They, they really, they really made a transition from from exterior to interior, just one seamless flow, right? Right, <laughs> they, and I, I think that that's did. what got people sharing the the home with their friends. Well, I think what's actually really interesting about this also is that it was designed by a couple. Mm. Um, they were not architects or designers. I think uh, one was a doctor and the other was a restaurant owner, and so they just had this bold idea to build this home and the the image that they wanted. And so again, the outside's crazy, but yeah, the inside, it is, uh, it was designed in 1981 and boy, does it show it. It, uh, <laughs> has this whole, uh, confluence of eighties and nineties decor. It's like Miami vice meets the golden girls. It's, it's yeah. outrageous. Meets like far East. <laughs> yes. Right. Meets I'm, like, yes, there's some Southwestern in there. It's, it's, Bonkers. We've talked, uh, you know, a bit already about color palettes today. What was the color palette in inside this one? A lot of purple. A lot of lavender. A lot of lavender. A lot of decent amount of white. There's some um, seafoam green kind of <laughs> going on. I think there's a royal blue carpet in there yeah, somewhere. They kind of they kind of went for it on the color. A lot of floral wallpaper. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
I kind of like this floral wallpaper. Am I nuts? Well, florals are in. It's kind of that like retro kind of 60s looking. I don't know. Maybe it's the the photos kind of pulled back. So maybe if I got closer, I would be like, oh, my God. (laughs) No. (laughs) But have you ever tried floral wallpaper in your house? No, but this is something that I've been wanting to do. I want to get some removable wallpaper. So it's not a commitment. And because I'm a renter and I want to do it. And so maybe this geodesic dome house is the one that's going to inspire me to take on this DIY project that I've done. You could buy it yourself. Do you have a million dollars? It's a million dollars? It's almost a million dollars. $969,969. Are they messing with us with that price? Like $969,969? What is that? It got our attention, which I think is the, you know, the goal. Mm-hmm. It must it's, be. It's, it's huge. I mean, there's yeah. 11,000 square feet. So, I mean, if you average it down <laughs> on a square, per square foot basis, I bet it's close to $100 a square foot. Yeah. yeah. In writing about this, it just, it kind of went on and on. I, I didn't have enough space to tell the story of this house. It has six bedrooms, right. four full bathrooms two half baths it has something like four different dining areas um a billiard space in the finished basement it has a in-ground pool out back with a pool house um this is just a few of the things that the house has what was your question Madeline? oh my question was why (laughs) why well we we didn't get in touch with the agent as rachel said she she wrote about it but it was in the context of writing about all the week's most popular homes. Right. This this house might deserve an, a standalone article of its it own, might. and in which case we would talk to the agent, maybe try and get in touch with the couple that built it if they're still around, and uh, you know get the backstory on this place. Mm-hmm. For a home this eccentric, I want to meet this couple. I want to know. Right. We know their professions. I want to know so much more. I want to know like where they pull their inspirations from, what their favorite TV shows are, like what their favorite meals are, like, who, who are you? Mm-hmm. Also, who where are, are they moving now? They're selling this place. Are they going to move into, you know, a basic condo or, you know, what's okay. next yeah. after you've <laughs> designed and built a double dome home? Yeah, exactly. Is it, is exactly. It I, don't, I don't know if it's just Boca. And... <laughs> Boca. Boca. <laughs> okay. I have one more question about this place. Oh, sure. Okay. We need to talk about the circle room. What? Which circle room? Which um, the room filled with circles. Oh, oh, the ca- the couch. The yes, circle because couch. I guess I guess it's it's leading from the the dining room to it's like a little seating alcove, but it's three. It's it's a it's a it's a couch that's upholstered with this colorful circular pattern. There's a couch, there's a love seat, and there's an armchair. And then the art on the walls is in a very similar circular pattern. And I don't know. I mean, I know we've been reiterating and reiterating how crazy this house is. I just. There's a lot going on. And I would wonder if the furniture and the accessories would possibly stay. Could you negotiate that as part of your contract? I mean, you can always ask a, a seller, you know. If, if they're interested in selling some of the furnishings inside the house, they can always say no, or they could say, you know, th- these are very site-specific designs, and we will negotiate a price for you, you know, in addition to the $969,969 you're paying 
for the house, you can also negotiate possibly to buy this furniture from mm-hmm. them. Or maybe they want to take it with them to Boca. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Bless, if, if that's the case. Bless. Yeah, so every week we do, we do the most popular. If you just go to your favorite search engine, search on realtor.com, most popular, you'll turn up a bunch of these stories where we count down the top 10 homes of the week. And this week, uh, I would encourage you to take a look at this house, yeah. the G- double geodesic dome in Evansville. I'd encourage you, if you find a house that makes you sit up in your chair and go, wow, share it with your friends. I mean, that's how we end up with these houses you know, populating our top 10. I love looking at random real estate. I do too. Me too. Good thing we work. Good thing we we see this. (laughs) Let's move on to a story that was kind of, it it hits home for everybody. (laughs) Hits home. Thank you. Um, So this story is one of uh, our great advice stories that we feature every week. Um, Rachel, you spearheaded this one. So do you want to tell us a little bit about um, interior design rules? Sure. Um, So this was a story about the five interior design rules that you should never, ever break. And we probably all are aware that there are certain design rules in place to uh, keep your space looking picture perfect. And there's things that designers tell you you should do and things that they tell you you should never, ever do. So we talked to designers and uh, found out the five rules, design rules that you should never, ever break. And I'm curious to see if you guys have broken them in your lives. I know I certainly have. Um, rule number one is that you should always layer your lighting. And basically what that means is you need to have more than one light source. Um, definitely not just a ceiling fan with an overhead light. That's a definite no-go. That definitely puts a uh, a sad vibe to the room. You want to have lamps and pendant lights and sconces and, of course, natural light. And I happen to agree, but I'm also very anti-overhead lighting. Um, I don't mind it in conjunction with other lighting sources that much if it's a cool overhead light. But uh, in general, I, I'm all about the lamps. I'm all about the natural light. What types of lamps do you guys have in your places or like what type of lighting do you guys have in your places? I I have a kind of an eclectic mix. It's a lot of different lights, a lot of lamps. Uh, like in your like in your living room, let's say, what kind of lamps do you have in your or lighting do you have in your living room? Uh, one is overhead, but we don't really use it. And then we kind of just use lamps on our uh, right by our TV. There's a couple of lamps that are soft. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of nice, yes, soft you. lighting. Yeah. There's definitely an ambiance there yeah, that I appreciate. I, I, I try and create a vibe everywhere I go. <laughs> so that's rule number one. Yeah. Rule number two is keep your base neutral. Um, those people who love to have like a bright green accent wall or a bright purple accent wall are not going to like this rule. But basically it is saying that to keep your space timeless, you definitely want to stay with a neutral base. And then if you want color, use accessories, not paint. So throw pillows, art, rugs, that type of thing to give your uh, your room a pop. But avoid those bold, bright colors on the walls. So is, is beige preferred? Beige, gray, white? I mean, I know we see a lot of houses these days uh, in those tones, you know, especially with the farmhouse, mm-hmm. modern farmhouse mm-hmm. look. 
with the the beige and the white and the kind of that grayish. Yeah, thing. neutrals, beige, gray, white. Yeah. Um, rule number three is avoid matching furniture, and you you guys know what I'm talking about. Those sets, the the mm-hmm. things that you can buy with the the sofa, the love seat, the end tables, the recliner, and the lamps all for one low price. Mm. Straight um, out of um, the Price is Right, like the <laughs> yes, the bedroom set. <laughs> yes. So designers say that you should feel free to mix and match here and, um, you know, match your styles, match the era, uh, have a little bit of fun with it. And you can make sure it's cohesive with the colors and different ways, but you don't want everything too matchy-matchy. You know, a good thing to remember so you avoid going matchy-matchy is just be patient when you're furnishing your home. Um, You know, you you may be tempted to just fill it with stuff and you can go to, you know, a big box store. You can go to even online, like Wayfair, they'll have like the sofa, the coffee table, the side table in like that matching set. And you might be like, Oh, I could have my, my living room furnished in an afternoon, but you know, to really get a good mix of stuff, it, it takes time. And I know that I've definitely like moving when I move into a new place, I want everything done. I want everything set, but I have to remember, like, slow your roll. You know, it'll all yeah. it'll all come together. Just just find those things that you really love. Right. You don't want your living room to look like a hotel lobby. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Um, rule number four: that is that you should always pile on the textures. So if you are a glam girl and you really like metallics and shiny things, that's cool. That's great. But your whole space should not look like a disco ball. Mm. Um, so what you need to do is add some different textures. And what the designers have told us is that every room should have five textures, shiny, matte, smooth, flat, and rough. Wow. And adding all of these or, you know, an assortment of these will make your room actually look more expensive. Mm. Um, so a fluffy rug, a fluffy throw pillow, um, some natural elements with a rough wood table um, combined with the sparkle can give you a really elaborate and dynamic look. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just from watching Real Housewives, and I know now <laughs> that too, I mean. It, it, Bring it all it, back. Bring it all back. The, the rooms on that show tend to be in that overdone sparkle motif. I, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the houses I see, especially on Beverly Hills, are done uh, with a lot of that sparkle. In it's mind. that. That, like, Lisa Vanderpump look of, like... Yeah. <laughs> Everything silver, pink, burnished. Yep. But, it, uh, no. It's just dated. Okay. Well, let's, let's not do our houses like So, I guess they're on to something with that rule. The last one, and I don't know if I agree with this one, um, rule number five, decorate in odd numbers. Um, and I do know, so this is the thing in the design world, the design world called the rule of three. And... It's also in marketing and uh, even in writing. Yeah, writing and advertising other industries that you should always present things in odd numbers. And that when you do that, it's more engaging and interesting. Um, And it can make your space look really polished in a way that looks effortless and kind of like you didn't put thought into it. I don't always, I mean, I think it's a great role. I definitely agree. If you've got three vases, that looks very interesting, but I don't think that it always has to be followed. And I think there's always beauty in symmetry as well. Right. Mm. 
Do you think, like, three vases is better than two vases? Like, because sometimes, like, two feels a little, like, not enough. Yeah. Then, like, I, I kind of agree with this rule. <laughs> I don't yeah. not agree, but yeah, I think yeah. that it, sometimes it depends on the space and what you're working with. Right. And Well, and, and I think symmetry can also lead you into into the trap of matchy-matchy. And you, you, right. I think that's kind of what this rule is trying to avoid, mm-hmm. is that you, you don't need to have two of everything just to match off, um, just to pair up every, every possible element in your house. You can play with different numbers and go with three or five um, and not have your house be in total balance in total symmetry everywhere you look. Right. And it also kind of complements those symmetrical looks too. like Rachel, the photo that you chose um, for this rule, there's Jack and Jill sinks and then there's Mm -hmm. three, three separate mirrors. And so it's like that rule of three kind of complements the the symmetrical because if you were just to have two, that would probably look too matchy matchy. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with this, but I also agree with you that rules are made to be broken. <laughs> well, lucky for you, we have a story coming up on the rules that you should break, um, and we'll discuss that in a pod in the near future. Wow. Awesome. I love that. I <laughs> well, love that. We'd be interested um, if you guys have any feedback about rules that you never break or if you've broken these, feel free to email us at advice at realtor.com. We would love to hear from you. So we haven't visited our friends Chip and Joanna Games in a while. <laughs> Have uh, we? I, I, I wanted to fix that. Um, Eric, thought, Eric thought it was really important that we check up on Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, we haven't heard from them in a while, which <laughs> may or may not be a good thing. However, um, Eric found this really interesting story that was a little out of, outside the box for Chip and Joe. So, Eric, what did you find? Yeah, so with Chip and Joanna, I think uh, the show... Uh, Fixer Upper started, I believe, in 2014. Correct me if I'm wrong, Natalie, if you have deeper knowledge than I do. But I believe it started in 2014. Prior to that, Chip and Joanna were in Waco. That's where they live, and that's where they've always kind of been. Um, But they were doing house flipping prior to their HGTV show and prior to their fame. And what they had done back in 2011 is bought a large parcel of land in downtown Waco, six-acre parcel, they went in with a developer and then uh, subdivided that six-acre parcel into 36 lots and said, hey, we're going to develop homes here. And th- like I say, this is before the show even hit the air and before Joanna Gaines and Chip's style really took off. Um, but they built these 36 houses with the idea that these houses would be for uh, empty nesters or folks, uh, young couples that are buying their maybe their first house and don't have kids yet. You know, it's they're they're small on the smaller side, and they don't have these huge you know Waco yards where you know you can spread out. They're just they're on a smaller scale. And uh, one of these houses went up for sale, and I was kind of shocked. I didn't I hadn't known about this story prior to finding this house, and it, it's only two hundred and forty five thousand. And I say only, I mean it, it, that that is expensive. <laughs> That's above the Waco medium this price but is it really uh, yeah it is um the waco median i, I want to say is what 110 120 Dude, yeah. i gotta move to waco yeah it's it's, Seriously. Low, it's low but when they when these houses went on sale new they were priced between 150,000 and 200,000 this one mm-hmm. went up for 245 mm-hmm. and it's it's cute and then you can Very see some cool. of the you know you can see some of the touches that uh, jo- became joanna staples on fixer upper the kitchen is not 
what you would expect from them. Um, no. But, but the built-ins, the you know, the little mudroom, uh, and there, I think there's a couple of other flourishes in the like in the bathroom where you know you can see the early days of yeah. you know fixer-upper style. Mm-hmm. Like a whisper, yeah, the whisper of Joanna Gaines in there. And, and, and definitely right off the bat at the front door of the house. It's painted in, a, you know, as we talked about before, kind of a, a like a gray, like a neutral. But then there's a nice pop of color with that red front door. Um, and like I said, it doesn't have a big backyard. It doesn't have a big yard. But uh, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a cute little house. And it's 245. And it has that kind of fixer-upper pedigree. And if you're not really into the farmhouse chic vibe, this could be for you. You can still have a piece of the the fixer upper legacy without all the right. And we've seen past fixer upper homes that had been on the show uh, that they had actually done, you know, sell for huge premiums or at least list for huge premiums. This, you know, this is a little more modest in terms of its price point, two forty five. The houses that we've seen in the past usually are going for around 500000 the ones that have been featured on the show. Wasn't that shotgun house, like, a million dollars? Yeah, the shotgun, ho- the shotgun house went up for around a million. It never sold. Um, oh, but- I wonder I wonder why. <laughs> well, no, but, but as, as, as we all know, the, the per-night rent on Airbnb or VRBO or any of those sites, I mean, you, you know, 900000 is a big price point, but you can, it's an income generating property. I don't mm-hmm. know if, if this house that we featured this week, the $245,000 house, that's not, it's, this isn't going to be an income generating yeah. property. It's a nice house to move into. I agree with you. Like this, this isn't one of those like over the top, like bells and whistles, Joe, Chip and Joe houses. But um, if someone's looking for a cheap um, vacation rental or a place to stay in Waco, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and this has the Chip and Joe pedigree. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they these are called, the, the development's called Magnolia Villa. Um, and so, you know, they were using the Magnolia Villa, I mean, their Magnolia name for branding, you know, prior to the show, of course. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's 36 of these little, ha- not little, but, you know, more modestly sized houses. Um, and this one went up for sale, and it was the first one I had seen in this development go up for sale. So, mm. uh, we did a story and it's pretty interesting if you want to learn more go to realtor.com slash news and look for chip and joanna and you'll find this story all right so our final story that we wanted to talk about it's kind of an interesting take on nosy neighbors um everyone has them Basically, it was a study that polled residents in 24 cities across the country about whether their neighbors annoy them. And there was one particular place that topped the list. Can you guys guess where it was? Um, <laughs> it's not I'm San Jose. I'm going to say New York City. Good guess. Not New York. It was Dallas, Texas. Oh, my is this surprising to you guys? Everybody's less friendly in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, right? Bigger personalities, perhaps. Oh, interesting. They looked at the things that graded most on um, the respondents' nerves, and people said it was loud music, voices, and parties. Mm. Um, also, smelly pets and mm. suspected newspaper theft. Good thing people are still subscribing to that newspaper. <laughs> <With> the newspaper. <laughs> Just suspected, not actual. <laughs> 
I, I suspected newspaper theft. <laughs> like, I don't see any newspapers on my street. Yeah, I think they've all been taken away. It's just um, something to blame on your neighbors. Yeah. I guess. And then there were parking disputes and unannounced visits. Yeah. Uh, even uh, over-the-top holiday decorations and, quote-unquote, general grumpiness made the list. Right. Well, yeah, to hit on two of those, especially the, the parking and the general grumpiness, you know, just in a certain <laughs> In a suburban neighborhood, You're an expert in, that. in a suburban neighborhood, uh, you know, people expect that the the space in front of their particular house should be reserved for them. It's not necessarily so. I mean, the space it's on the street. Street parking is available for everybody, but uh, you know, there are neighbors that will come out and tell you, you know, hey, don't park in front of my house, and it, it it's not their right to tell you that. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, while we all want to keep a nice street and a beautiful car-free street, uh, neighbors can tend to, you know, get get themselves up in your business, and it's not really warranted. <laughs> it sounds like it strikes the chord with Eric. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Dallas has the most annoying. <laughs> I don't know if Dallas has, you know, more of those complaints than other places. The experts at ImproveNet said that they thought maybe the climate in Dallas might play a role in the number of annoying neighbors because of, um, I guess, where warmer places, right. where there's warmer places, there are also more outdoor parties yeah. and barbecues. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why same with like Miami, it's the second, Austin, yeah. the third. Right. It's it, it's a it's a place where you would have a backyard barbecue and your neighbors are trying to sleep and you're going on all hours of the night. Are there any that aren't on this list or that are on the list that surprise you? I mean, when Rachel said New Orleans, I mean, I I think that when you're buying in New Orleans, I think you kind of know what you're getting what into. What you're getting into. Yeah. yeah. In Dallas, you may think like, oh, I'm buying in a quiet suburb. Mm-hmm. And um, it may not be the case if you're near people that like to party and have barbecues. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and, and the the... You know, the tip I think at the, you know, that we closed this article with is about, you know, talking to the neighbors. You know, you, you have to talk to your neighbors. And it it is a good idea to build up those neighborly bonds, even though it seems kind of cheesy. Um, if you do build up those bonds with your neighbors, they, they're much more willing to forgive if your party goes a little late or a little loud. Um, they and, and if you're not doing it every single weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your neighbors are much more forgiving if you've built a bond with them. Do you guys, are you friends with your neighbors? Because I'm not. <laughs> uh, well, my wife is on the kind of the neighborhood welcoming committee. Oh, that's cute. Imagine that. That's so but sweet. You're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you suggest it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she, she, uh, yeah, she goes around and introduces herself and, you know, uh, yeah, so we do know most of our neighbors. Um, I wonder, I think it's interesting, Natalie, you and I are both renters, mm-hmm. um, and neither of us are familiar with our neighbors. It kind of seems, and I'm just spitballing here, like the closer quarters you live in, the less likely you are to interact with the people who live next to you. Right, yeah, I think, yeah, because yeah, in a house or in, a, in the suburbs, yeah, you, you're going to want to know who's around you and everybody's got kind of got their eye out in a apartment building. You, yeah. Because of the proximity and you're all kind of in this together almost. And mm-hmm. you, 
you all maybe don't want to be, you know, right on top of each other, so you give you tend to give each other more space. Yeah, I just hate people. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. This is awesome. And um, like we said, if you guys want to check out any of these stories, you can go to realtor.com slash news. You'll find a lot of the stories up there. Or you can just search in Google, in Bing, in Ask Jeeves, realtor.com, and the topic that you want to learn about. We have all these amazing celebrity stories. We have these unique home stories. We also have the great advice stories like the interior design story talked about the design rules. So if you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, five-star rating, or be honest that, you know, five stars is best. Um, We love to hear your feedback and by rating and reviewing us, it'll only help us get more exposure. So, and uh, thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. That's it for House Party. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Bye. Bye.